And then Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com, one of our Michigan insiders, is standing by on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give guest line. How you doing, my friend? Well, I was doing well, and then I find out I'm not a special guest. I'm just a regular guest. I'm not going to call you filler. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> start an hour. I, I put my bingo, uh, big guns to start the hour. <laughs> then lead off. That, that's who you are. You're a lead off, so we can get that out out of the way and get to the meat of the order. Uh, there you go. All right, so what's the latest on Michigan football? Some of the stories that are trending at the Wolverine.com. Yeah, well, I was out in Chicago on Sunday uh, where J.J. McCarthy and 30 of his teammates were hosting a youth camp uh, out there at, near J.J.'s hometown of LaGrange Park, Illinois. Um, over 400 campers there, and uh, those guys were working hard. They got paid uh, as well, so it was kind of a win-win giving back to the community, but uh, had a lot of interesting conversations um, you know, about this team with some players, with some parents, but specifically the players that just keep talking about how close this team is. And you can really see it, too, with all the guys hanging out, messing around, but also helping these kids. And, uh, you know, so I thought that was really uh, impressive, you know, that they went out and did that. And then, um, you know, just how tight this team is and and how it's kind of J.J. McCarthy's team as well. Blake Corum uh, is going to be a leader. There's going to be other captains, and we'll see if J.J. is one. But for me, this year it feels a little bit different in that they kind of have a clear set uh, leadership going into the summer as opposed to having to go through that quarterback battle. So I think they'll be able to hit the ground running even more this fall, which was kind of one of my biggest takeaways from talking to some different guys. And then just beyond that, I mean, when you talk to these guys about their goals and what they're shooting for, it's, you know, they want to beat Ohio State, they want to win the Big Ten, but they're looking at making the national championship game and winning that game as the primary goal, which just is a little bit different than what you've heard in years past. And for the first time in a while, it feels like they they really have a team that has that legit shot of, of doing it, and uh, and it feels like they're right to be uh, almost expecting to get there. From the first time you had a conversation and you had seen J.J. McCarthy either on or off the field to that camp near his hometown of LaGrange, Illinois, this past weekend, where has he matured the most as he prepares for this 2023 football season as a Michigan QB1? I think in a lot of different areas, but specifically with, with kind of what I referenced, like, you know, last year he had to, he wasn't named the starter until after week two. Uh, and then even then, you know, he was still a younger guy on that team. He was 19 years old, you know, trying to find his footing. And they had a bunch of good leaders that, that a lot of them came back, but, you know, that were able to kind of be the identity of the team. I think this year he's taken it more upon himself. Uh, and, and that's going to be really important. We all know how important that is for a quarterback to, to be one of your top leaders, to be that guy that's, uh, you know, rallying the troops. And Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive coordinator, was talking about this recently where he's always at the building. Uh, and then I was talking to Jaden Denegal, who's in the quarterback room with J.J. as a, a sophomore who's coming up and probably fourth, fifth string at this point, but could have a bright future. And, and he said that it's just different in that it's not just J.J. It's everybody's early to meetings. Everyone's excited. Uh, the whole building's full all the time. And, you know, that's due in part to – JJ's attitude. So I would say it's just his positivity is now not just, you know, him and one of these gung-ho young guys. It's it, that's spreading down to the rest of the team including who are now the young guys and uh you know they're kind of following his lead. 
Playing Safety from the Wolverine.com is joining us on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give guest line. I did retweet your tweet from earlier today where you wrote, no team has more selections than Michigan on ranking of the top 100 players in college football, even with Junior Colson and Drake Nugent not making the cut. That's impressive. It is. Yeah, so Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia all had seven guys on that list. Um, in Michigan, averaging uh, standing on that list of 53.7. So Ohio State was at 44.9, Georgia at 59.3. Uh, and there are a couple guys, and I'm sure there are for other teams too, so we can't just look at it in a in a bubble. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what sometimes our job is. You know, I cover Michigan, and there were probably a couple guys that could have made that list that on three put together uh, that, that didn't. So you have seven, um, and then you look at some other Big Ten teams, Penn State right there at six, but they average – of 31.8. Uh, they got four guys in the top 33, so that's a really talented team that I think uh, you know a lot of people are starting to recognize as the offseason goes on. It's going to be a fourth in the Big Ten East, and, and they could win that, that division and win the Big Ten potentially. Uh, but the Big Ten, those top three teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, are really talented. They have the high-end guys. They have the Heisman contenders, especially Michigan with Blake Corum and potentially J.J. McCarthy. And then you have that supporting cast, You know some of those guys that are that are top 100 guys, maybe not the top 10, 20, 30, but uh, those are important as well. So Michigan got a, a lot of talent, uh, and then it's something we talked about last week at Tullymore, beautiful Tullymore Golf Resort, uh, was th- this is an old team that's experienced, and you know that can't be overlooked either. They've been in every single big-time situation. Uh, they just haven't gotten it done in that, in that one setting, the college football playoff. But you know, really – in terms of snaps and, and starts and guys who have played in those types of games, uh, I don't think there's a team in the country that has had more guys uh, that have been there because Georgia graduated and, and lost so many guys to the NFL. So that's going to be a big plus that I think we could see help Michigan this fall as well. Think about returning QBs uh, outside of yeah. Caleb Williams at USC, J.J. McCarthy. Who else is rolling in a stud QB? I think that's one of the reasons why Michigan is one or two pretty much in every early college football season poll I've seen. I agree. And then look at just the Big Ten. I think, it, unless I'm missing somebody, it's no more than three, but I think it's just two returning starting quarterbacks in the entire Big Ten. It was going to be three until Peyton Thorne bolted from Michigan State, but it's just J.J. McCarthy and Talia Tagovailoa, um, which is crazy, and it, it shows you uh, a little bit what the transfer portal has done, but also just a bunch of teams kind of resetting what they're going to look like this fall, but uh, you got transfer quarterbacks coming in at a lot of places. You have some guys like Penn State with Drew Aller, who was a former five-star that'll come in, and uh, you know he's going to take the reins this year, similar to J.J. McCarthy a year ago as a sophomore. So you're going to see different faces. Um, as we talked about last week as well, You know some of those games later on in the season, you know they won't be new faces anymore. They'll have that experience, but uh, certainly Michigan, when you look at the Big Ten, has more than uh, you know more experience than just about everybody, and um, you know the, the schedule is not all that tough to be quite honest either. You, you don't have to play Wisconsin, you don't have to play Iowa. You know there are a couple games that could that could trip you up, and then you got the big ones, Penn State and Ohio State. But um, you know this is a Michigan team that I think could do something very similar to what they did a year ago in the regular season, and that was having only two games decided by single digits. They kind of ran through that thing, and it could set up similarly uh, this fall. You know, I'm looking at Michigan's schedule, and I think they're going to be a favorite uh, in every game. Right now, a betting favorite in every game this yeah. year. Yeah, and you're kind of seeing that. Some of the 
some of the sports books that have that have come out with some of those early game lines, they, they don't come out with all of them, but they do it for a lot of the big games. And you're already seeing Michigan as a favorite in every game. I think it started at one point against Ohio State and moved up to two and a half already on one. Um, you're looking at Penn State as being a slight favorite as well, even on the road. Uh, that could change between now and then. But in terms of us sitting here in May, you know, as we head into Memorial Weekend, uh, there is, you know, there's reason to believe that Michigan can can run the table again and win 13 games for just the second time in program history. Realistically, too, you know, it's not just coming into some of those years where, you know, people felt good about Michigan, but then when things went bad, you know, you, you maybe weren't all that surprised. Uh, I think it would be pretty surprising if, if they uh, spiraled at some point or lost a couple games in a row or something like that this fall, just because of how strong they are. And when you look at the schedule, you're right. Uh, you know, it sets up pretty nicely. Uh, earlier from the University of Michigan Athletic Department, Michigan baseball got mercied by Iowa 13-3 in their Big Ten baseball tournament opener out in Omaha. So there you go. Uh, Michigan gets hammered by Iowa 13-3. I do want to get your thoughts on Juwan Howard. And I know we talked last week. He's trying to put together this roster, Clayton. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where is it going? I know there's visits coming up in June. But at some point, you got to have uh, a roster and move forward with offseason workouts. Yeah, definitely, and that'll start in June as well, or, or July, excuse me. So that's that's going to be uh, – it's a pivotal, what, six weeks here, five weeks uh, until they get to that point. Um, as you kind of alluded to there, Olivier Kama from Tennessee, who I feel like we've been talking about forever, uh, but he went through the draft process, pulled out, looks like he's going to look at colleges now. He's going to visit West Virginia, and then he will visit Michigan reportedly. haven't confirmed it yet on June 2nd. Uh, so that would be really big. Average over 10 points a game last year. Is a good defender. Uh, can play the four. Is you know kind of a power forward and maybe back up at the five. But uh, a player who plays through the post. You know something that Michigan could use some post touches this year. Losing Hunter Dickinson, so uh, that would be a big piece. Uh, our Chris Ballas wrote today uh, that Doug McDaniel might have to be the guy for this Michigan team. And, and then the question: Can he? Uh, you know, you're looking at. Guys that are returning, like Doug McDaniel at the point guard spot, they're going to have to step up too. It's not just about who you're getting out of the portal. That's important. You got to fill these three scholarship spots that you have available. But guys have to develop too. So when you talk about that off season this summer, that's going to be a really important window. And from what we understand as well, uh, several guys stuck around this spring, early summer to work with John Sanderson, the strength coach there, and uh, we've seen him do wonders with guys like Kobe Bufkin last year. But before that, Nick Stauskas, Karis Levert, plenty of guys. So. Uh, they got to develop. Uh, you know, those guys have to get better and, you know, seize those opportunities. There's plenty of minutes out there. There's plenty of points to be scored. There's plenty of shots to be taken now on this Michigan team. So seize that opportunity if you're one of the guys coming back. Uh, but if you're Juwan Howard, you still got to be focused on building out that roster. Speaking of uh, Kobe Bufkin, and I'll throw Jed Howard in there, what's the latest vibe you're hearing on their draftability? Well, coming out of the combine, Kobe Bufkin just continues to rise. You've seen him and a couple of these big boards that come out. And, and keep in mind, too, when a lot of these NBA draft analysts are there, you know, they're, they're having all sorts of conversations in Chicago at the draft. And uh, Kobe Bufkin's now into lottery territory, potentially. I could see him maybe going just outside of the lottery, but in some mock drafts, you've seen him there. And then Jet Howard, uh, so, so Kobe did some testing there, but did not do scrimmage work. And then Jet Howard didn't do any of it, I guess, still recovering from a foot-slash-ankle injury. But his 
stock's starting to fly a little bit. I could see him in the late first round potentially. So they've kind of flip flopped a little bit. Um, and Kobe Bufkin said that you know he's been working really hard and, and he's excited to see that his stock is going up, but he's not paying too much attention to it. But uh, I can tell you that as people dig more into the Kobe Bufkin film, from what I've read, uh, people are getting pretty impressed with with what he did last year at Michigan and his upside too, because he's really young for his grade as well. He was young, uh, the youngest scholarship player on Michigan's team last year, younger than Jet Howard, younger than all the freshmen, uh, you know, and he was a sophomore last year, so. That's something they're looking at too. That frame, you know, the, the ability to improve as a shooter, uh, the defense that he showed last season. He's kind of, uh, you know, potentially the com- complete package at the two guard spot or a combo guard, uh, but he just needs to put it all together. But I think the potential is there. I don't see the defensive potential for Jed Howard. I, I do not no. see, I, I don't see the NBA side of Jed Howard at all. There are a lot of people who can stand there and shoot a three pointer. And even then, he wasn't consistent. He can't put the ball on the floor. I, I don't see any defense. I don't see anything special. Uh, I really don't. I, I think Jed Howard is living off of his dad's name. And I predict he won't be a first-rounder. But once you get past the lottery, uh, like I said earlier with Anthony Clark in studio, everybody's drafting, oh, well, maybe this guy will hit. Look at his dad. He has to have that upside, right? That That's what Jed Howard's living on right now. I thought... He not only did he blow up Michigan's uh, chemistry, but when he was on the floor, 90% of the time, uh, the team played better without him when he wasn't on the floor, right? Yeah. No, I think, I think we saw that. And even as the year went on, it became more apparent. I remember remember I was in studio with you midseason, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. By the end of the year, uh, I agreed that you know there was just something off with the way the offense moved when he was in there, and then the defense, he just did not look interested in playing it at all. I will play devil's advocate on him as an NBA player, though, as he, he can shoot and he has the frame. And maybe the light will turn on mm. at some point with him when it comes to defense because, you know, you look at his athleticism, he should be able to be a little bit better. I know the, the Miami Heat, I know they hide Duncan Robinson a little bit. They played more zone this year than any team in the league. But even he had to take some big leaps. Like, you got to be pretty darn good on defense to be serviceable out there, and he's become that. So, And I think Jet Howard's more athletic than him. So, one, I agree, he's got to do a ton to improve on that end, but I think the potential's there. And as he matures, you know, maybe the light will turn on. But yeah, at this point, uh, you know, I, I didn't see it last year. No, I don't, I don't see the mental toughness. I don't see any defense. I don't – how many times do you remember him putting the ball on the floor and finishing at the rack and getting, a you know, a big – and one or, you know, two free throws. But, you know, more power to them, and I, I don't fault anything when these guys leave early and they want to go chase their dreams. It's their business. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics 24-7 at the Wolverine.com. Clayton, thank you for the update. Uh, enjoy the holiday weekend. Appreciate it. You too. Have a good one.